He's been licking his asshole for the last three straight hours. I submit to you that there is nothing there worth more than an hour's attention. And I should think that whatever he is attempting to dislodge is either gone for good or there to stay. Because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You may be a PhD in the university, but if you ever to have peace of soul with God, you'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. You won't understand it intellectually. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. The face of terror is not the true faith of Islam. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? Well, if it's an Islamic country, then the Sharia is very clear. Apostasy, apostasy is dealt with the death penalty. Thank you. That is apostasy now. This is very urgent business, ladies and gentlemen, I beseech you. Resist it while you still can, and before the right to complain is taken away from you, which will be the next thing, you will be told you can't complain because you're Islamophobic. I would rather be reasonable and talk to people about things, and at least for people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. You don't think it makes you self-loathing to hate a part of what you are? I don't hate a part of what I am. I love all of me, but if I could choose to be even better, then I would be. So you'd be better if you were straight? Yes. Wow. Anybody would be. I don't see the world as black and white, wheat and pears, sheep and goats, sinner versus saint. I don't see that no more. I think we're all capable of doing good things. We're capable of doing evil things. bless God he just took your wife. Now that's the dumbest thing in the world. This is interesting, important word, begins with E, evidence. All the evidence is the, the cosmos doesn't know we're here. All right, welcome back. It's another episode of Apostasy Now. now. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Since we last changed the world, <laughs> villains have struck again. Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, hey guys, um, welcome back, uh, Mr. Dragonbeard. Thank you. Welcome back yourself. Yeah. Uh, summer break is over. The kids are back in school, which means we have time to actually record an episode. How the fuck does that feel? Hey, we passed our third year anniversary. I know, right? And uh, we've uh, just recently recorded um, our pitch for Patreon. Uh, is, yep. is you know, Just so everyone knows, um, that took us about six to eight takes, mostly because <laughs> I don't know if anyone's noticed over the years of listening to the show, I don't have the nice, smooth radio voice of Mr. Dragonbeard. And sometimes You're listening to Suicide and Laxatives. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm the thinking atheist. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty much, well, uh, I, I kept fucking it up, so we just went with whatever we had. But, uh, yeah, we've, we're, we're starting the pitch for Patreon, so... Uh, Pretty soon in the description, you're going to start to see a link to our Patreon. And uh, we hope to get a lot of support because uh, we love doing what we do here. Uh, we love talking about the subjects that we bring up. And uh, even if people are offended by it and, and, and don't like it, we know that there are people out there who think that what we say has to be said. And I know there are a lot of people that say it, but, you know, everyone has their own style and their own approach and we like yeah. ours. Yeah, I think that uh, what people are wary about, and I don't blame them, I'm worried about the same thing, is that... Uh, I don't like people who are afraid to talk about a topic. Like when Michael Shermer, uh, Shermer was on the show, for instance, mm -hmm. he opened up 
very easily when we started talking about a number of things that some people would shy away from. Yeah. Same with uh, Robert M. Price. That was like a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, was a number a of interview. our guests uh, come on here and they talk about things that normally no one asks them. Right. And, and you know, that's, that's, that's the real big thing that we're trying to do here is we're trying to get people to talk about difficult subjects without being afraid that a mob of whiny cry bullies is going to yeah. sweep over them and ruin their careers and, you know, pretty much, well, turn them into, you know, I don't know, like a social pariah. It's almost, it's almost like there's, there's no redemption with these individuals, with the social justice types. They don't just want you to retract what you've said, but they want you to burn for it too. Yeah. There, there is no redemption. Crucify, Even, crucify him, crucify him. Yeah, crucify him. <laughs> And, and, and that's the part that I just can't stand is that even if I said something that was so horrible that I felt that I felt I had to apologize, it wouldn't matter if I did. Right. It, w- it wouldn't matter it at only, all. It only actually irks them on usually to get worse. Right. Because now they feel they have some, they have some leverage over you and they're going to continue to try yeah. and push you. Well, now you've apologized for this. Well, you're going to apologize for this other thing you said. Well, no, no, I'm fucking not. I'm not yeah. going to apologize. Surely this person would apologize if they weren't the awful person that we've you know, said that they were. Right. So if they're that awful person and they've just confirmed it with an apology, now we can certainly go after them. Right. And and, and, and I mean, like, th- that's not to say that you shouldn't retract something that is wrong. Like, I right. remember I remember in one of our episodes, I, I actually recorded a small retraction because I had said something. Yeah, you mis- misquoted a book that you later checked out and... Oh, no, no, no. It was actually um, uh, uh, the... Uh, Damn it! What's it called? Uh, dead body. The dead body. <laughs> no, it was it was a it was a school charter. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. it was yeah, a school. Yeah. It was a school charter for my college, and they were talking about uh, how they would handle with uh, sexual assault reporting. And uh, I, I I misquoted it, and I I have no problem admitting that I misquoted it, and I think that kind of honesty is needed. But there's a difference between admitting a mistake and, and, and making an apology when it's needed right? And, and being forced into one because you feel like you've been boxed in. Exactly. I agree completely. But we, we see a lot of people that are willing to throw up the apologies a little easy. There, when I'm on social media, for instance, there have been a number of times, especially since we started doing this, where I've let somebody have it. And then I think about it for a while. And then I think, you know what? I think maybe I uh, jumped the gun or maybe I was interpreting it in the worst possible light. Right. And I'll go back and I'll apologize. Sometimes, right. a couple of times, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember distinctly enough that a couple of times I clearly felt I was in the right, even afterwards. But the way I had attacked them just seemed so shitty that I went back and I said, I'm sorry for the way I expressed my view. Right. And, uh, you know, that kind of leads me into, you know, probably because we're doing this episode with a guest, we're just kind of shooting the breeze. That the guest of, is our egos. Right, right, right. <laughs> we're our own guests. We don't need you. Um, How are you doing today, Mr. Dragonbeard? I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this this brings me into uh, something that's recently been happening to me on Twitter and uh, other social media sites. And that is, um, on Twitter, I've, I've recently uh, been getting into some interesting situations. I don't have a lot of followers on Twitter, and that doesn't bother me. I kind of like being one of the small fish, because sometimes you can kind of go under the radar. But I, I tweeted something recently, and then I got... A bunch of followers from uh, Black Lives Matter, and I don't support the movement. Uh, I don't have anything against. It's because you're a horrible racist. Yeah, it's because I'm a horrible <laughs> racist. I, but I don't support the movement. Their their methodology is is abhorrent. Yeah. And honestly, if you have anything to do with woke, I'm woke in your in your profile. Just fuck off. I I, I, I <laughs> oh my god, it drives me nuts. That is the worst word to put it. I'm I'm so woke, man. Ugh, fuck off. <laughs> but 
you know, it, it was surprising because people don't really pay attention to the the context of what people are saying right. or the content of of their stuff. And my stuff on Twitter is all over the place. I have interest in video games and I have interest in in social justice stuff. And I follow Sargon and Thunderfoot, so I'm of course the worst misogynist there is out there. And uh, <laughs> I, I retweet a bunch of shit. And I also kind of um, I find it entertaining when people are hating on Trump, and I find it interesting when they're loving on Trump. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I, Trump's I'm, rarely a boring yeah. topic. I don't go onto Twitter to like stake my claim. You know, that's right. what I have the show for. And so when, when I got, when I tweeted out something, I, I tweeted out, um, white cop brutally guns down zombie, the, in, in her own cold <laughs> blood, hashtag unlives matter, hashtag yeah. police brutality. And then I had like 16, Black Lives Matter people find me, follow me, and I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" Like, why? Well, clearly, I'm not in favor of your position, but well, you yeah, know, I let them. I didn't have a problem with people it. People are still pretty hesitant to go directly. To you. A lot of people don't support and don't even like Black Lives Matter, but there's still a lot of people who are hesitant to go after them. And I think they're fair game. Like, I'm a pasty white dude. I don't give a shit. Their ideas are wrong. Their methodology is terrible, and they're doing a lot of damage to everyone. Right? So fuck them. Uh, See my, you know this is this is something that this kind of this kind of uh, venue allows us to kind of clarify our positions. I don't mind advocacy. I really right. do, I don't mind advocacy at all. But once that advocacy turns into mobs of people chasing down white people in the street and trying to kick their ass because they're white, you've officially become a hate movement. So hey, it's the same city where they filmed Laverne and Shirley for fuck's right. sakes. Now, <laughs> I, I'm going to quote Sargon here. Hashtag not all Black Lives Matter supporters are violent. All right? right. I get that. But the the message has been co-opted. And I'm sorry, when there's a video yeah. that's available where that shows a, a good portion of people marching down the street going, we want cops dead now. I, I, I'm sorry. You've, this you've, is, you've lost the moral high ground. This is what's called the useful idiot. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, it used to be, okay, so people were afraid of Marxism and communism as in uh, the Russian or Soviet government uh, or the Chinese government, uh, etc. right? But a, a dangerous ideology doesn't need a specific government to back it. Yeah. In fact, we're seeing virulent strains of Marxism that have, you know, just kind of mutated over the years and they can perpetuate themselves almost, almost in a mindless sense. Right. There's no uh, higher consciousness directly leading it. And you can see this when you see like uh, the previous generation of feminists, for instance, being surprised by the vitriol they receive when they say one thing out of step. And they're, they're, I know what they think. They think, well, didn't we teach these kids? Or aren't we the ones who are the forerunners for these kids? And then they get cut to pieces. Like, what's her name? She was like, uh, trans woman is not a real woman. Oh, that was, um, oh gosh, I think it was a, oh man, Jermaine Greer? Yeah, I think so. And she's, you know, one of the names that most people that are in any of this type of debate or, or issues will know. She says that one thing and they're like, you know what? You're a hate person. You're full of hate and we don't want anything to do with you. You can't be on campus. And they, they I think they got her event shut down. It's right. like, welcome to where your opponents have been for 40 years <laughs> right. So, like, I mean, just to clarify, the, you know, because I think it's necessary because maybe some of the listeners are some of the people that follow me on Twitter. When I say, you know, I don't like Black Lives Matter, I mean the movement. Right. The movement, the the the, the construct or the organization of Black Lives Matter, well, I don't like. Who are they to speak for all black people? I'm sorry, they don't have that right. You know, oh, you, you mean like those white guys that, that went onto the tarmac at London Airport there and said uh, climate right. change is racist? Because yeah. we, and they're Black Lives Matter, but they're all white. If you, if you, if you try to, I don't care what, what your own race or background is, right. if you right. try to empower a group like Black Lives Matter or a specific school of thought in terms of political activism with uh, feminism, anything like that, to speak for a demographic, 
you are uh, you are empowering people who attack anyone in that demographic who does not agree. Right. But we do have to be careful because as whites, we don't have <laughs> the right to an opinion on anything to do with any other shade. That's right. Right. You know, everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the privileged team. Hello. My name is, <laughs> hello, my name is White Guilt. Yeah. I'll hello. be speaking to you today about nothing. I'll be sitting on the ground and uh, poking my own eyes out because my ancestors <laughs> must have been terrible people, even though they were Mennonites and wouldn't have possibly had slaves. But we still somehow have the white guilt. <laughs> uh, I, you know, honestly, that doesn't mean anything. That we churn butter very violently. Right. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just just to finish my point, though, um, I, I I think that uh, that all when I say all lives matter, I don't mean it as in one matters less. I mean, okay. I I feel bad when I see uh, you know Asians, Caucasians, uh, blacks, Latinos. Any demographic that you can name that suffers from, you know, generational poverty or oppressive governments, yeah. I, I have empathy for, and I and I want them to be raised up and taken out of those out of those those limitations. And so, you know, people can claim that I'm a racist for saying what I'm saying. And racist. Racist. And I'm just going to ignore it because I know I know who I am. I know what I stand for. And I know that I'm not. It's so common that it's the crying wolf thing, right? It just it demeans that no one reacts after a while. You can be like, hey, how's it going, Mr. Dragon? Hey, how's it going, Mr. Hey, how's it going? Racist. Hey, I hope you had a good morning. Okay. <laughs> you know what I liken it to? What I, word, all those words just blend now. You know, like racist used to be like, oh my God, well, who's a racist? Right. It, it, it's lost its potency because right. it's been misused so many times. The, the way I look at it, it's very similar to the effect of when you're in a relationship with somebody who says, you know what, I'm just, I, we're done, I'm leaving. But yeah. then, they, then they don't actually break up with you. They just use that as a, as you know, because then you're like, no, I know this, don't go. I know this person. Uh, right. let's see. The answer is, I married her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But they use it, they use it as a, a stranglehold, like a way right. to manipulate you to, 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 to bend to their will because you're afraid of them going or you're afraid of being called this name. And honestly, when you hit somebody over the head with this too many times, racist, racist, yeah. racist, misogynist, misogynist, yeah. Uh, was it uh, a rape, uh, rape apologist? Yeah, tra transphobe, rape apologist, all of these things. Uh, they they just... And it's filtered so much into the, even into the world of, I was listening to a crime show. Uh, it's a podcast called Real Crime Profiles. And a lot of it's really good. Mm -hmm. But they have this one lady on there and... I really wish they go into more of the, of what she's talking about because she keeps promoting her expertise from New Scotland Yard. She started something, uh, her expertise is in stalking. Mm -hmm. So when she's talking about it, I can't tell for sure, but it sounds like a lot of what she's going on about is the old models of assuming men do all the stalking, assuming men cause the problems, women always are the ones who need protection. And this clearly, like, statistics and research are more and more clearly showing that this is not the case, right? Right. Uh, so I can't tell for sure, but even in crime shows, I'm hearing stuff like, oh, the, I remember in the one they're talking, the, the, the 911 calls about O.J. Simpson. You can hear him yelling in the background. Mm -hmm. And even I thought before they said anything, this 911 caller doesn't seem to be very good at what she's doing. She's like, uh, he's in the house, right? And he's like, oh, fucking, fuck, fuck, in the background, right? This poor O.J. Simpson, who was innocent, of course, and, and wouldn't possibly have killed anyone. Right. Um, and this is some time before all that happened. And there was priors to this and all this stuff. So this lady who's at the 911, she goes, oh, so... He, uh, she's trying to ask her back. She, oh, he kicked he kicked the door. She goes, he kicked the door in, 
and he's in here. Uh, even I can understand what he, she's saying. And she goes, oh, he kicked the door uh, in, and then there's like back and forth. And she's like, oh, he won't leave or something. Or he maybe he was going to leave. She's like, oh, she, he kicked the door so he could leave. What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Why would she be calling to go, oh, O.J. Simpson's here. He's my ex-husband. And he kicked the door in so he could leave. Like, and so even I was like, right away, I'm like, this 911 caller is like drunk or something. I don't know what's wrong with her. <laughs> but then they're like, okay, the way they, that she's asking the questions is victim blaming. I hate that word, victim blaming. I, you have to be very specific to impress me with that. So uh, again, overuse. So they're like, okay, so she goes uh, talking back to, what was the lady's name again? Um, the lady uh, who died. I feel bad now. I don't remember her name. Uh, oh, crap. You know, I'm not now victim blaming. I'm, I'm victim forgetting. I'm victim forgetting. <laughs> Oh shit! Well, don't we just lack empathy? Yeah. Um, well, well, moving the, on. <laughs> that white lady, she's white anyway, so it didn't really matter as much. Right. Uh, it was anyway. the '90s. It still mattered. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. We still have white privilege back then. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So they go. Okay. When she asks the question back, she goes, "Is he uh, assaulting you or something?" Like that? He goes, "Oh." She goes, "Oh." So he is just harassing you, right? And they're like, the way they she asked that, he's just harassing you. Is such victim blaming. It's so diminishing, like how important or whatever. And then like all she's trying to do, even though she's not saying it right, all she's trying to do is figure out, is he punching you in the face or stabbing you, in, you know, or something. Or that, that came later. Right. That that wasn't on the phone call. <laughs> we didn't have as many cell phones back then. Too soon? Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. But, you know, like this, this kind of brings up another interesting weapon that seems to be entering into the arsenal now because... The, the those that claim the moral high ground are now starting to shift their their tactics again. I've noticed it very subtly. It's not all of them, but they're starting to shift into this uh, false positivity. Right. Now, now you you know that I had a discussion on uh, some of my other social media with a a companion of mine who basically demands um, that all conversation be done in a respectful manner. That there is never, ever, ever, oh, yeah. ever. A situation where yeah. uh, negativity or personal attacks are are a good thing, and and no matter what I said, I could not get him to bend on that at all. Now, to be fair, and I will say this: if you're having a rational discussion with somebody, doesn't matter who they are or what the subject matter is, as long as the discussion stays calm and you're 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 keeping on point, then there never becomes a point where a personal attack is necessary. Right. Right. But if you're dealing with an asshole, yeah, or even just a situation that's shitty. Right. And you're saying straight up, this is bullshit. Right. Then then you are being negative, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong to be negative. Now, I am welcome to people disagreeing with me on that. And I'm okay with people calling me an asshole because sometimes I am. Yeah. All right. But if I'm being an asshole, I would rather somebody come right out and say, you're a fucking asshole, Smashlock. Right. You know? It shows they're not penting up their hostility and one day are going to explode. Right. So that's what I mean. This 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 false positivity. This this belief that you must always approach um, the the every discussion with a Sam Harris level of Zen. Okay. You know, hello. Except hello. except when Chenks uh, off of the Young Turks says oh, something right. and piss him off, and he'll do a three hour right. sit down with him. Saudi and, Arabia. Oh my fucking god! Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh my god, that was funny. To of watch. course, of course, we suck. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's his co-host? The girl. What's her name? Anna. Anna. Kasper, Kasper? Yeah, you know. I love how she's always like, it's never okay. She's 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 another yeah, person who's a perfect example. Dude. Perfect example of a person who has this false positivity. High horse. Right? But she's on this high horse. She's on this pedestal that she's built for herself. And then she turns around and she knocks herself off it by looking at Alex Jones and calling him a fat fuck. Yeah. Hey, who's body shaming? 
Yeah. It's never appropriate to body shame. And also all the stuff she said about what it means. It means you have no self-esteem and you don't think good things about yourself. Well, all right, Anna. Right. You clearly think you're a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> or was what, and, and this is my take on it, or was she just caught up in the emotion of the moment? Right. And she was responding to what I, when I watched that video, I, I see that shit eating grin that you see on a shit disturber on yeah. Alex Jones face. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. All right. And her response it's probably the same response I would have gave. Fuck off, asshole. I, I do think that there might be something to the fact that he was reading the situation different. Like, he thought that this was all entertainment-oriented until he got spit on. Right. Right. I think that's when he realized, like, holy crap, like, these guys are losing it. Right. They're not just acting out. Like, they have lost their grip. But didn't Chenk used to be a lawyer? <laughs> oh, my God. I have no Like, idea. maybe he gave up being a lawyer because he couldn't keep his temper down. Maybe. You know, like... You are... Yeah. How dare you? Don't you know I'm brown? <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, you know, just the. False I love the way that liberals use brown too. Oh, uh, conservatives hate brown people. Who calls them brown people? Do you mean like the wide array of people out there from many cultures and backgrounds that you're calling brown? <laughs> right. It, it it does diminish them. It does. I find this the the social justice warrior, and and and, and I. I hate using that term because there's got to be a better term for it. But the individual who feels that they are the moral crusader yeah. that is going to bring justice to an oppressed class of people. Look, there's a difference between being a community organizer and an advocate for those that are downtrodden. And yeah. then being a person who stands above those people that are downtrodden and uses them. Al as Sharpton? A, what? Al Sharpton? Oh, no. Jesse Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, I, I don't want to name any names or anything. Right, but but they don't help them. They don't help them. They no. do draw attention to the situation. But I, call it, but them, it, I call them social ambulance chasers. Mm, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, they're just... Uh, people like that, you know, the, like, it's the same with feminists who are these... They sell all these books, they get uh, circulated around, they get to speak, they, they get to go to academic facilities, start, you know, classes and shit. And, and, and what's their contribution? How have they helped women? Uh, women's happiness goes down. Oh, it's all men's fault. Right. Oh, wait a second. We've been implementing your ideas in society. And that's when the happiness started going down. Uh, oh, uh, it's men's fault. Like, fuck off. Well, even even if it is, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm going to quote Aaron Ra here, although I'm sure he wouldn't like it in this context. <laughs> but, you know, uh, these people uh, get praise as, as powerful leaders in their communities uh, and claim claim knowledge and understanding that they can't know. You know, right. and, and that's... That's the same for social justice warriors. That's the same for feminists. They make claims like, let's look at Anita Sarkeesian. You know, she claims things about games. She didn't know. She hasn't right. done research. You know, uh, No Man's Sky has been described as probably one of the most abysmal failures of a new game launch. I think on Steam, they went from like 200,000 plus players in their first week to like 2,000 players two weeks later. That's right. like a 99% drop. What were you looking for? Things we need. Can you be more specific? Things that make us go. We need help. Thunderfoot, don't do the math. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. Are you sure we're describing a new video game release or a the latest DC movie release? <laughs> Probably the latest DC movie release. But no, actually, uh, Batman v Superman is doing well on home video sales. Very well. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Better than it did in the theaters. You know, they always end up making their money somehow. But anyways, um, that's beside the point. But... Um, <laughs> You know, the, the, the claims that she makes are, are, are like No Man's Sky. Wide as an ocean, deep as a puddle. Yeah. She's got no depth 
to her perspective on this. And uh, there was a recent video that I that I watched. I wish I could remember the YouTuber. Uh, if I remember his name, I will put it in the description. But he did a video about it. And he said that she intentionally, in one of her other videos, uh, when talking about Overwatch, left out female characters that looked that didn't fit the mold of her narrative. So she said, look at these four women. They all have the same body type. And they all look at this fighting game. There's Chung Lee and all these other ones. They all have the same body type. Yeah. Sexy, slim, muscular. Because you're going to see a two-ton woman <laughs> in a kung fu movie. Uh, yeah. I like my bikini, but... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she... But then, uh, I think it was League of Legends. Uh, there was uh, a few characters that uh, were female yeah. that did not match her vision of this misogynistic, one-size-fits-all female character. And she just ignored them. She didn't bring them up in the video. Yeah. You know? Ha- you know what? Listen, this is the thing. She's a hack. A half-wit can eternally criticize other people if they are half smart about not over investing in the details right right um a halfway can do it we've seen many people who criticize movies all the time and, and they're constantly i'm sure what do you call it uh, contradicting themselves mm-hmm. but because they just go from movie to movie no one's really invested about the morals of what they're talking about people don't really notice and they right. tune in every now and then and then listen to what they have to say right uh this this less than halfwit can't even do that with video games. She's over in, invested herself on like these moral issues where, you know, after a while someone's going to call you out and go, uh, we're, what about these inconsistencies here? Mm. And why don't you propose something better, shithead? <laughs> right. What I think <laughs> is it's the, inevitable. What, what I think is the real risk of all of this is that it really stifles creativity because it puts right. a fear into developers, to writers, to movie producers, all of this. That certain content can't be allowed in a movie because some whiny mob is going to overtake them. And yeah. and and I gotta give them credit. You know, the the internet is like shit, and social justice warriors are like flies. And they're 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 not the majority of the internet, but they're the ones buzzing around, always buzzing around. Yep. Because you and I, we're not gonna go onto Rotten Tomatoes or onto some sort of um, you know Warner Brothers website or social media and start tweeting at them or or messaging them going oh this movie is hate speech and this is this and <laughs> oh these women are so you know so stereotypical blah, blah 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 until warner brothers goes oh crap a majority of the people talking at us right now are really upset we better change this yeah you know stifling creativity like this is really killing killing many different industries and what i don't understand is that companies historically are kind of self-serving you know they want to make yeah. a profit and some of these companies that have started adopting these these social justice positions are not profiting nearly as much as they used no, to. Like Marvel Comics, I remember a couple of years ago, I already told my well, at least over a year ago, I told my my brother who loves comic books. I said it's it's starting, the infection's starting, and I could tell because Joss Whedon and people that were surrounding him and the stuff that was being said about feminism and identity politics, and he was like, "Nope, I don't believe it." And I'm like, "Dude, it's happened to the atheist skeptic communities." And then I've watched it spread and the big war that broke out in gaming. Mm-hmm. And I said, all the signs are there that they're already putting their people in place. If they're not in place already, the next step is to start pu- pushing towards political correctness, identity politics. And then when they get when they get uh, people pushing back for creativity, mm-hmm. not because that these are crusaders, they just want to have creative freedom. Um, then the next thing is shaming, shutting down, sliming people. Right, you know, and that's what we're seeing. Marvel Comics has dropped drastically in their comic sales. Have they really? I see. Yeah. I haven't looked into that. Well, so. yeah, the identity politics is 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 strong with that one. You know, really? it's 
It's uh, the, the Hulk now. It's the, this when Stanley a couple oh, years wait, ago. There's a Mexican Hulk or, or Latino or something. Korean. He's, oh, he's Korean. Yeah, right, Korean Hulk. So this is when Stanley was asked a couple years ago. Stanley's a great guy. He's not a highly political guy, but he's a right. thinker. Yeah, and just off the cuff. Uh, honest, innocent response he had about Spider-Man being black and what he thought about it. Uh, his response was simply, and he didn't mean anything by it. He just goes, well, I don't understand why they don't just, uh, instead of changing an established cre- uh, character, create a new one that people like right. and expand, you know, and people will take to the new characters. Uh, but that was not a correct answer, you see. Right. <laughs> right. So now they've got the Korean Hulk. They've got uh, one version of Spider-Man that's black. I'm not really sure if he's still around or not. Right, right. Uh, they've changed. Um, oh, Iron Man's now going to be. He's going to be a black position for girl. black sixteen-year-old girl. Super. That genius. they're calling the Iron Maiden already. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> the fans are. They're mocking it. Uh, it's not meant like. Oh, we love this idea. Iron Maiden, so cool. It's like Iron Man. Ha. <laughs> but their sales have dropped, right? And why? Because no one wants the. We go to comics to get away from this shit. Right. Maybe we want to explore these themes in some kind of abstract way, but we don't want to go there and find out that Trump's evil, for instance. Oh, Captain America's going to fight Trump or whatever, you know. Right. Well, hey, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. Would... <laughs> <laughs> He's going to build a wall all around the superheroes. <laughs> right. But the, the, but the, the weakness of, their, of, of, of this uh, social morality that they're trying to, to, to weave is that it's self-defeating. Yes. It's completely self-defeating to the point where, like you were bringing up before, you have a, an established feminist voice, Jermaine Greer, I believe that's how you say her name, yeah. who's a turf. That's her prerogative, whatever. She doesn't believe that trans women are women. She's what, like 70? I don't know how old she is, but she's been around a while. Yeah, she's been around a while. She's actually, I think she's like 70 or 72. Maybe she's in her 60s, but she looks like she's in her 70s, whatever. Um, ageism. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day... Um, you know, now now younger feminists, the new feminist establishment is turning on her, saying that that's yeah. not intersectional, it's it's transphobic. And I mean, there was an article just written, I, I got it on my Facebook today, or it's probably written a few days ago, but it was about, um, uh, here, let me just pull it up. <laughs> yeah, there's... Uh, what? Go ahead. I was going to say, there are examples of... Uh, okay, the example I used, I think that's the most brilliant, actually. I'll jump straight to it. There's other examples as well, though, uh, in television and in film. Of instead of taking a character and and shortcutting yourself to try and be politically correct, mm-hmm. uh, creating a new character, right, uh, is when uh, they decided to create uh, the Joker's uh, tag along, com- I don't know, companion, lover, whatever she is. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Har- Harley Harley Quinn. Yeah. So Harley Quinn is perfect in many ways. She's more popular in, in many ways than the Joker is. Mm-hmm. And the person who created her didn't sit down and go, "Wow." wow, we need more women in comic books. Uh, let's turn the Joker into a woman. No, they creatively generated and built and and continues to build this character who's phenomenally successful. Right. It, no one goes, well, I don't want to see anything with this Harlequin. It's a chick. No one does that because the character is interesting. Right. You know, there's a number of situations that have been just like this, but they want the shortcut. Well, you know, instead of creating something new, let's uh, f- let's fuck around with the Hulk or with Spider-Man. You, you want to know what I think it is too? I, I I think as a business model, the reason, and I and I admit I could be completely wrong, but um, I think some of these larger companies, when they hear these people crying for more diversity in characters, uh, first off, they're caving to the to the pressure. But I think the reason why they jump immediately to, hey, let's make a female Thor. We'll just make Thor a woman. Right. What they're doing is they're trying to piggyback on on the success of an already established character because they don't want to take the time and effort to try right. and establish a new character yeah, that will so appeal to this 
seemingly unsatisfiable demographic. Right, yeah. So they just go, you know what? It's We're also just... lazy. Well, it is lazy. It is lazy, but I think it's. I think for them, they realize, you know what? We're gonna. We're just gonna make Girl Thor. Yeah. We make Girl Thor. We're gonna make this. Like at least She Hulk had a unique, uh, a, a unique uh, storyline. Yeah. You know, so She Hulk isn't like the... she has. A, she's a variant. She has her own characteristics. Yeah. Her own personality. Right. She's not just all of a sudden. You know, Peter Parker gets stuck in a tanning booth for ten hours. Yeah. You know, like okay, sure. <laughs> or he goes and gets some treatment for, to change. Uh, right. Right. Trans Hulk or whatever. Trans Hulk. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, like nowadays they they could do that and. People would ask the question again, like, why didn't you just create a new interesting character or reveal that a, maybe a, a smaller, newer character that people didn't know much about? Suddenly you find out they are trans, right? And working into the system, like, I think um, George Takei, when recently he said he was disappointed the fact that they turned Sulu in the new movies, gay. the reboot movies, yeah. gay. And a lot of the people who made the movie, including the actors, had a really negative reaction to him voicing his negative opinion. Right. They didn't understand. Well, this is what you don't understand is being gay is not a token thing to these people. It's just an attribute of their own real life. Right. So, you know, you split this in half and you get something good. Either you have a gay guy that can play a straight guy and people love the character, Sulu. Right. That's a compliment. Or you, I mean, the character might be gay, but in this case, he wasn't originally gay. So why would you make him gay? It's an insult because you're mixing uh, Takei and Sulu on the screen. They're not in, one in and the way. same. Yeah, that's right. They're two, And part of being an actor in that pride is, do you love the work that I've done? Right. Just like any performer, you know, or, or artist. Right. It, it would almost be like if they tried to turn Kirk from the original series, who was a womanizer. Right. And they kept that. <laughs> they kept that in the original series where he's kind of, you know, trying to get with everything that yeah, has, yeah. you he's know. He's humping legs. And stuff. Right. Um, but they didn't shift it. You know, they could have easily taken it so that he was completely respectful to women. Yeah. And, you know, he he was like the, the whatever they want for a man. You yeah. know, like yep. uh, the... Social justice warrior. Um, hey. I'm surprised that Kirk was even white, honestly. You know, he probably shouldn't have been. Zero testosterone. <laughs> Zero testosterone. Some androgynous. <laughs> I'm, I'm Captain Kirk. James Tiberius Kirk. I'm the captain, but I don't want to put you off with my authority. I'm sorry. <laughs> we are going to board your ship. Well, I'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't, but I, can't, I don't. I don't want to say anything because I'm an evil white man and you're green or something. And so I guess I better let you. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna be like kicking him in the balls. Shut up, Captain! (laughs) Back back to the back to the the article. Uh, The Huffington Post put this out. It was by uh, an Arthur uh, Arthur author uh, Samantha Ray Samantha Ray. Yeah, Um, and it says men don't have periods; women do. (laughs) Now, if you go on to the original Facebook post, like where this thing was put up by. there's a group here that put it up. Women are not property. Sex is not a contract. Um, that's where I, I got it. Yeah. Man, the comment section is just on fire with TERFs versus not TERFs. And they're like, this is transphobic. This, you know, men do have periods. And, you know, then you have another one coming in saying, look, if you want to be called a man, if you've had surgery, you know. You want to be called uh, You want to be called a man. She, that, that's, right. What you want to identify as yeah. is your choice. But biological females yeah. have periods, and the ones that don't, because of medical conditions, aren't any less female. Yeah. Right? But men who have transitioned into women, or yeah. sorry, uh, women who have transitioned into men, but are still capable of menstruation, which apparently is actually, from what I've been told by uh, somebody who is transgender that I know, uh, incredibly rare. 
Okay. You know, the hormones they put them on can sometimes put a stop to that. Yeah. So this is from not not my direct knowledge. It's more of an experience of an individual I know. Uh, but the, anyways, they said it was rare, uh, but it can still happen. You know, medically speaking, your identity doesn't... Right. You know, like... It's uh, the difference between science and, and and the way we talk about ourselves just in general. Right. Okay, so... Uh, I think the where people get all upset is when we start talking about who gets to go into a change room, who gets to go into a certain bathroom, right? That's where people start arguing with each other about what is or isn't, right? That's where the right. rubber hits the road. For for the most part, look, you know, this is what I don't understand. I understand that okay, some some guys that want to transition to into being a woman, they look they are never going to look like a woman. I don't know what it is, but let's just say like within the realm of guys who are fine with being guys and just girls who are fine with being girls, some of us are always going to look unsightly. <laughs> right, right, right. So same in the in the realm of trans. Some people, they're going to go, actually, I was born a woman. And people are going to go, what the fuck? Are you serious? Right? And other people will be like, I was born a woman. Everyone's going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so shock here. in particular, with the seven foot tall, you know, five o'clock shadow guy wearing a dress who's going into the bathroom, this is where all the alarms are going to go off because people are are, are uh, assuming that he's going in there to molest kids. I don't know where that conclusion comes from, but... And this I don't is, think it's supported by any evidence. Like, I mean... I'm just, sure it's happened, but I'm sure a lot of things have happened. Like, right. statistically, I think it's abnormality. Right. I, you know, like, you know, I'm just, I'm just being clear. Like, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, they're going to touch our kids. No, no, not likely. They're no, just going in there to take a dump. What's to stop a guy that looks like a guy from going into a guy's bathroom and messing with your little boy, right? Like, that's... Yeah. I just don't understand how it follows. Right, right. That this guy is he's very noticeably wearing a dress, right? And everyone's mm-hmm. looking at him. And he's going into the girl's bathroom. Hmm. Don't you think that it'd be even more worrisome if it was a guy that looked like a guy going to a guy's bathroom looking for little boys? Right. But you, but you, you know, you you have to look at all of, and I know we're jumping around here, folks, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> totally outside of our area of expertise, for right. sure. <laughs> uh, no, it's pretty par for the course. But uh, there was a, a, a picture making its uh, circulation around Twitter that I saw. It says gender neutral bathroom. Yeah, women and trans folk welcome, but not men. But not men. <laughs> not men. It is, it, Even though it's gender neutral, it, it's gender neutral. But it was for women and and trans. Well, I think and don't that, they usually have like a little hole in the wall uh, where men are supposed to put their junk and have it sliced off, and then they're allowed to go in? Right. <laughs> this is the sacrificial offering to be able to go into the gender neutral bathroom. <laughs> but no, but I, I this I mean, may sting. The the hypocrisy is what I'm pointing out, though. The hypocrisy yeah. of this gender neutral bullshit is that if you were a woman who became a man or a woman who is a woman, yeah, then or a a woman who became a man, a, a, a trans a trans male or a trans female or a biological female can all use this washroom right. or gender non-binary or gender fluid, gender plasma. That Milo know, kid. Yeah, right. You can all go in here and use this. But if you were born a man, identify as a man, you better stay the hell out of here, you transphobic. Yeah. You know. And I, I, I have, okay, so I've met only a couple of people that I know are trans in my life. And I know about five. I know five. About five? Yeah. Uh, and I can tell you that I've also, I've seen some people on YouTube who are trans. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are stable personalities who are trans. Yep. And there are people who are not. Just because you are trans doesn't mean you should be immune from an assessment like this, right? Right. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, when it comes to things like yeah, emotional well-being and stuff, uh, <laughs> there are a lot of people out there using this, what, like 50 different genders or 60 different genders. Like that Tumblr. Kid, Tumblr. That, that kid Milo, to me, strikes me as someone who's not a stable personality, uh, 
this Milo kid seems like they are uncertain of what to think about anything. Oh, my, oh, my all white people are racist. Yeah, all men confused. are sexist and transphobic. Blah blah blah. Like, and the certainty, the certainty in their voice. Yeah. Now, of course, us talking the way that we are and actually like uh, joking, right. maybe a little yeah. bit. <laughs> now, now we already fit the mold. Yeah. We already fit that mold, so it's not going to matter what we say. Yeah. Because we've 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 cast our lot, man. You yeah. know, well, it, we're not willing to toe the line. It, it's a lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff straight up, but it's one thing to say. Okay, can they talk about uh, educational changes in Ontario for how they teach kids from a very young age on yeah. what sex they're updating the whole thing? I have no problem telling kids that as you get older, you're going to realize that. Uh, some little boys are gonna, you know, like other little, you know, they're gonna like like boys. Where men are gonna like men as you get older, yeah. And it gets to be more grown up. Women with women, uh, though a lot of people are still, you know, gonna be men and women, like you see with a lot of your family members, yeah. You know, that kind of general discussion I think is helpful. Right. They won't be shocked or stunned or confused when it happens, or at least not as much, right? Right. If they haven't seen it before, I'm same perfectly with, fine with it too. Same with trans issues, as long as it's a general discussion. Uh, but it's different from, there's two different ways of doing this. One I like and one I don't like. The one, the one I do like is when they go, some kids, as you get older, you start as a little boy or a little girl. Uh, but as you get older, you might realize that you don't feel comfortable that way. And, you know, you go and you talk to to your doctor and, uh, eventually some of your friends may, you start, you thought they were a boy or a girl, then they're the other when Mm -hmm. you get older and that's okay. That doesn't have to scare you. Those people don't, they're not scary. Right. Okay. That's, that's perfect. I yeah. like that. Yeah. What I don't like is saying you might be uh, gender non-binary. You might be gender clouds in the sky. You might be gender blue. You might be, you know, and whatever else pops out of their mouth. Now the kids are confused, right? Now the kids, the message I think kids are getting is, oh, uh, there are all these different things I could be and I need to explore and figure out which one I am. Even though at the beginning of the conversation, they may have had no curiosity or confusion about that. It might not even been on their radar. Right. So you see how one is attached to you know, these things may happen in life to you or someone you know, and it's okay. To the other one being in a bombardment of all these adult ideas and worries. Right. You know, uh, every, every, and I don't just, be... I just don't trust our government we have right now to handle this like, like responsibly. Adults. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, like the, 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 the government's been taking a heavier hand in trying to educate the next generation. And in, in some aspects, I mean, I understand, you know, um, if some parents are nervous about bringing up these topics, then, you know, there is a dis- debate as to whether or not it's the, the, the state's place to educate your children in this. But if you're not doing it, then who else is going to? Right. I'm, I'm not solid one way or another on this particular position. And that's that'll lead into something else. But I'm just looking at this page here just because we were bringing it up. They've got, <laughs> you know, like imagine you are eight years old. You're sitting in your class and you're about to have your, your, your health, your health class. And the teacher comes out with a list as long as her arm. And then she goes, some of you might be agender or gender flux, agender flux, androgyny, apriogender, ash time, right. uh, yeah. bird, bird ache, bigender, bernicia, butch, demi boy, demi gender, demi girl, and by, uh, fafafine, femi, gay, gaily, whatever the hell that is, it's- gender fluid, gender flux. Yeah, genderless, gender neutral, gender queer, gender void. So what this what happens then is you get the counter push. This is so it gets so ridiculous that people who would have supported it in a reasonable way, like I, I said, the good example, right? They just kind of become wary about it, and they're just like, you know what, whatever, you know, I'm 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 just gonna stay out of this. This is crazy talk, right? Right. Um, and then, but then, who does gain traction are people who are mad. 
had pushed back who already had issues with it. Right. And, you know, and then you have the opposite problem. You go from people who are little snowflakes and spouting off all this irrational crap, confusing kids and adults alike. Right. Uh, to a bunch of people who have, they want certainties in life. <laughs> right. right. There are only men and women. And if you, a man wears a dress, we ought to you know, drag him behind the truck or whatever. <laughs> right, right. These are the people who start speaking out. And the people who you need as support, you know, to make these people realize that that's not helpful or welcome or appropriate. Right. Are quiet and have withdrawn already. Right. Or or they're slowly becoming a member of the more extreme opposition. They're getting new members. And and, and this is the part that, you know, to, to tie this all together with feminism. A nice, a with, nice bow. Right. And a nice bow. <laughs> this is the part that I am most concerned about. Yeah. And, I, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. And you can see the seeds of this already starting to take root in, in Europe yeah. and in North America. Is that when you... Uh, it ties together this whole conversation. So... When you use phobic, you're transphobe, you're this phobe, you're a homophobe. When you, when you use the word racist, when you call people misogynist and sexist, and then when the progressive left or the regressive left, as they are, I think, aptly called, yeah. continues to just ignore such a large segment of the population that is very quickly losing patience with this with yeah. this with this insanity and they're not allowing any rational discourse or any discussion or any dissenting opinion then what you are going to do is you're you're self-defeating you are building up an opposition that when it finally rises up against you it, it's it's not going to be a calm rational discussion what we're doing here is not going to be par for the course they are creating the hate yeah. that they say already exists. So in a weird uh, in, in a weird way it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy when their fall happens because yeah. it's a when. Yep. All right. It is either it's going to be history bears this out. It's you go extreme one way, then the extreme comes the the point is to try and get that into the middle area. Right. The, more of the center so you're not swinging wildly to the left and the right. Right. Find the thin red line and try and stay on that course. And, and again, I'm I'm nobody. I don't I don't have any sort of moral uh, uh, authority in this. All right. I'm, I have my moral side and I have my immoral side. Um, you know, whatever. Everyone does. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. All right. Everyone, you don't need to stay solidly in one place all the time. It's good to have flexibility in your right. ideas. Reconsider good... your own standards, your own conclusions. Right. Reevaluate. Reevaluate. You know, if somebody don't be af- people can't be afraid to make mistakes. How are they going to learn if they're so afraid to make mistakes to say anything? Right. And I, I and I'm pretty certain that some of the people that that don't like our show uh, are are waiting for us to pay for our mistakes. Uh, in fire but uh, oh uh, evaluate our mistakes evaluate our mistakes in in the lake of fire yeah no but i mean like (laughs) if somebody if somebody pointed out a piece of evidence that countered my position on something or your position on something i would like to think that as long as the examination of that evidence is within our ability to understand and as long as we're approaching it rationally that we could evaluate it evaluate our position on it, and then in the face of new evidence, change our opinion. Yeah. But barring that, you know, I'm, I, I've, I've reached the point personally that most of the, the negativity that can be thrown at me in, in other social media where I go by different names that are unattached to the show, it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't bother me. I don't care. Because you haven't established these things as fact. You feel them. And, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I, feel, I feel that you feel <laughs> them. I feel that you, 
you really, truly, honestly believe that. Just like a Christian really believes that there's a God, yeah. and a Muslim really believes there's a God, and a Jew really believes there's a God, and I'm also an atheist, and I also think that's ridiculous. Why do you get to draw the line in the sand at the color of your skin or the type right. of biology that you are sporting? Yeah. The whole point is to always make sure that you're willing to revisit your own conclusions and, and understand why do I think this? Right. Have I really considered it? Right. Yeah. And I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times before, I think on the show, that I seem to have lost people sometimes in conversations, it's like text conversations, like on social media, that I think there's a huge consideration that we need to start distinguishing the difference between our principles and our conclusions. Right. You know, your, your, your principles, just think about it for a moment. You realize that the, the principles you have are going to lead you to your conclusions, but that is not your conclusion itself. Right. So if you have conclusions, stop and consider, how did I get here? Right. What were my principles that led me here? Right. And are they in conflict with other principles that I also hold? Right. You know, I don't always agree with everything, or a lot of the times I don't agree with, with some of the big names in the atheist movement or atheism plus. But that doesn't mean that you can't evaluate some of the good things that, that, that they right. have said. Yeah. So, for example, I know that you're not the hugest fan of Matt Delahunty. <laughs> All right. But he's not said, the hugest. No. 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 But I agree with at least one thing that he said that one of the reasons why it's a concern and why these things need to be talked about is because your beliefs inform your actions. Right. Which and, could and be I, used to, that could be turned right around with him. Right, it, it can. <laughs> Get a mirror, sir. Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree with that statement. Your beliefs do inform your actions, all right? But if oh. you're unwilling to flex on those beliefs, if you're unwilling to examine your own beliefs, then your actions are always going to kind would, of remain would you like to step? In, would you what? like to step into a much more uh, heated area than this current uh, little bit we're talking about? Really? We started off with Black Lives Matter. We can get worse? Yes, we can. Okay, go for it. Well, this one's going to be much more uh, questioned by people probably when they listen to this. Uh, is um, I had a, uh, a thing in my mind. I didn't say it because I had nothing to go off of. But when you had guys like Matt Delahunty, uh even after he did this thing with uh, Atheism Plus, where he went in under a secret name under their forums, they treat him like shit, then he revealed who he was, and shit hit the fan. Then he came back completely irrationally and defended them. Right. He's defended Rebecca Watson, a number of feminists. He defends feminism itself at an ideological level. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been even to the point where he went to American Atheist uh, one year, a couple years ago, and his entire topic was literally called skepticism must become ideology. He could not have become a greater foe to me than he did on that day. <laughs> mm. right. He's like he's like the opposite of me. We are we I'm the bizarro Matt Dillahunty. <laughs> Oh, no, you're not that popular. <laughs> oh, well, I guess if it's the opposite, then yeah, you're less popular than that. See, this is the awesome part about not being popular. Me, you got nothing me. to lose. Nothing. You can't take anything away. <laughs> me, uh. me, de la hunty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, have so. You, have you ever seen Cult of Dusty? Okay, this is what I'm getting to. Oh, okay. So, a couple <laughs> years ago, when this when this really started going on, this is already, I don't know, like three, four years ago, I guess it started. But at some point, I got in my mind, I'm like, I wonder if these guys, because one of the things about them, and I, I'm just not judgmental, one of the things about them that's different from like conservative groups is that they sleep around. And right. I don't mean that again to be judgmental, but they do. That's like what they do. They, uh, I suspected maybe they're going to these conferences or just having hookups. And maybe these guys and these girls are fucking each other and then they don't want to crucify each other and they develop loyalties that are fucked up and it's interfering with our ability to be skeptics right right no no not the everyone Zoe Quinn of atheism a great example uh <laughs> a great example of people who don't do that would be um uh emory emory and heather henderson on their show they've talked about that uh 
at least in the past, that they were uh, in poly- polyamorous relationship. Oh, yeah. But they, I've never heard them ever pull punches on anyone. Right. Uh, yeah, or take it. things personal about. So I don't know who, I don't know if they hooked up with any of these people or not. But I'm just saying, uh, as opposed to that, I wondered, you know, Matt Dillahunty, is he like maybe fucking these girls, some of them? Or maybe they're attached through his wife who's had sex with people? Anyway, so it was a thought in the back of my mind because it would answer a lot of questions I had about why this irrational defensiveness was going on. And this inside clique type of thing, right? And then the Cult of Dusty guy, he comes up with that video. All right. Yeah, he, Matt held Dale his wife, totally wanted my dick. Yes. <laughs> and he has a picture, and she is totally giving him Google eyes. Really? I thought it looked like you're an asshole eyes, but that maybe I'm misreading that. Well, I, I think I've been... it was the I want your dick eyes. Oh, yeah, okay. But now, if people can look at themselves, if you want, uh, I, I don't get paid to promote him, but go and check out the video if you want. Cult of Dusty? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. He's awesome. Uh, but he does say, and I suspected this, that for some of these people, particularly like the, the white atheist groups, they go to these things. It's an excuse to have orgies or sleep around or whatever. And I'm like, you know, that's not a problem as long as it doesn't become my problem. Right. As soon as we have intellectuals that that are supposed to be debating on our behalf who are twisting themselves into intellectual pretzels to be loyal to people or to ideologies that are in their in-group. Now it's my problem. Right. Because I have to now deal with your shit when it comes to the fact that you're saying you're a skeptic. And people are seeing that, and I'm like, no, that guy is not like me, and this is why. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, man, it's so fucking irritating. Like, simple mistakes, right? That from guys that are normally excellent at debating and researching. I, I, this is this kind of goes into a little bit of what you you said before, and and I agree with this opinion. And again, somebody is more than welcome to come and comment on one of our shows or on our YouTube channel. Can I just say that that's all just theory. It's not a, a, I know for sure, finger pointing accusation. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, I've never been to one of these conferences. Um, You know, uh, uh, my wife wouldn't let me go because. Especially not now after I said that. (laughs) Too much much sleeping around, right? And I'm like, come on, you know, just a little bit. So if you've been going to these conferences, you've been paying for the VIP tickets. Right. And you ain't been getting the special treatment. Wow. Right, you've been missing out. <laughs> and again, like I said, I'm not. I'm not staking a moral uh, a moral position on this. You know, I right. don't. I, I I'm not a prude. Whatever you want to fuck around, fuck around. Yeah, that's your business. Yeah, it's none of mine. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. But when once you start abandoning principles that you, if you become a voice and you're stating a principle that that you feel that is the position that uh, you hold very strongly to. Yeah, and then you abandon that principle the, at the first sight that somebody is attacking a person that you have some sort of twisted loyalty to. Then how strong are your principles? Right, and you when you go into all this stuff, this is the time when you started out. That's when you need to think about the possible ramifications for this, right? Right. The, unlike when we're talking about orientation, uh, whether you sleep with a bunch of people or not, that is your choice. Right. <laughs> you know, you can choose. You know how you're going to handle all of this. Uh, so let's say uh, we have a, a guy and his wife is sleeping around a bunch of people and he's cool with that. You know, I think these days a lot of people would react by saying cuck, but, you know, whatever. That's their business. If that's what they want to do, that's fine. I don't give a shit. Right. But if one of her boyfriends is saying crazy shit and this other person who's normally really intelligent and well-spoken in the community then defends him because he feels obligated on her behalf. Now we have a problem. Right. It's it's shielding. Right. Or maybe it's kinky to Hashtag you. Not is kinky to a, a female skeptic. We'll go with female now because we've been doing all guys. Let's say a female skeptic who's well-spoken. Stop. Stop. You can't talk about women that way. You can't. <laughs> Maybe they're kink- I won't allow it. Massage. <laughs> Maybe their kink is getting video recorded while they're sleeping with different people, right? Right. And now, okay, well, now, oh, well, now maybe you can't go after that person because they have, you've allowed them to have a recording of you and maybe they would never oh, use they've it been against Hogan. you. They've been Hogan. Yeah. Well, maybe they would never use it against you, right? But right. that fear maybe is in your mind. Right. And so you're just going to completely back off or right. even defend them. 
this is where it gets really messy. And uh, I don't know if I should speculate too much on the thing about Michael Shermer, but Michael Shermer, I have never asked him. Yeah, it stinks down here, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> Everyone at home, uh, it stinks in this room. Oh. I don't. Is that fire? <laughs> no. That's a- it's fine. Just move on. <laughs> uh, so Michael Shermer uh, was accused. Uh, it came out through PZ Myers this a couple years ago that he supposedly had some type of uh, unconsensual sex with a woman. It was this big thing. It was easily, uh, you know, taken apart and shown to be bullshit. Uh, but there is potential harm that was already done. Like this type of shit going public is ridiculous. But let's just say hypothetically that Michael Shermer is not a sexual, quote, prude, right? And he does sleep with different people along the way. Um, he's somebody who I have also never sensed that he has biased himself or held back on his opinion. So no, that would be a good example. If, if he is sexually, like, free love or whatever, mm-hmm. he's a great example of how to keep your principles in check. Yeah. You know? I uh, know. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, there's just there's just so many topics to cover, and there, there just never seems to be enough time. But... You can, we can only be going an hour. We can go another 10. Oh, yeah, nice. Another 10 hours? We're pulling it all nighter, <laughs> folks. No, but uh, it, it really it really comes down to a lot of these issues seem to boil down to this idea of I know better than you, and you must live and think yeah. and breathe and sleep the way I do, um, or else, or else we will, we will shame you. And, you know, I may not say it eloquently. In fact, I know I don't, but I'm, I'm not right. If people listen to this show... And they think that, uh, you know, I'm telling you how to live. I'm not. I don't care. You want to be a social justice warrior? Go be a social justice warrior. You want to yeah. be, you want to be a bigot? You want to be a racist? Um, I will tell you when I think you're being fucking wrong. And you can tell me when you think I'm being fucking wrong. Yeah. But that's what we need. We need to accept that that conversation is allowed to take place. Right. That's all I care about is yeah. that that's my principle. That's the one I will not bend on is that this conversation has to be allowed to happen. And if the inevitable conclusion of that conversation means that we lose the debate, then so be it. But let us have the debate. Yeah. You know, let the let the ideas bear out to their final inevitable conclusion. Because if you stop the conversation, then you are only ever going to lead towards what I'm saying, which is, you know, you silence the opposition, you silence the opposition, you silence the opposition, and you shame and you shame and you shame and you shame until you create the hate that you fear. Right. And then when you're finally defeated, because I'm sorry, these crybabies are not going to be able to stand up to the to the hate wave they're generating. Oh, no. Right? They'll cry out against it. But once their words have lost their meaning and yeah. potency, they're not the people who are coming after them aren't going to care. And then women's issues are going to take a hit. Yeah. Trans issues are going to take a hit. Right. Gay rights are going to take a hit. Uh, um, We're going to take a few steps back if this keeps building. Uh, this is kind of uh, when people talk about Trump, there's a group of people that like uh, Lawrence Krauss, um, Mr. Deity. Uh, Who we've been, had on the show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's been a number of people. I disagree with them about the way that they express, uh, I think, what are over the top fears about Trump. But even if you really despise this guy, understand this. When you say things that. Uh, use Trump as an analogy or a comparison to him and Hitler or fascism, you are wrong, right? Oh, dead Con- Concerns, uh, yes, I totally agree with you. Oh, he's a dangerous uh, there, idiot. There's a lot of things I disagree with this guy on a fundamental level, right? <coughs> but the comparison's wrong because of this. And this is the way I express it. Right now, the left has pushed so far that there is um, this vote with Trump. He is a, he's a rebellion vote. He's a middle finger to the establishment, right? Yeah. If you... Is circumvent because he's going to win. If you circumvent his ability to win and you rig this system for Hillary or whoever takes her place when she goes to jail, if you circumvent <laughs> this system and he loses, here's the problem: the next guy will be Hitler. 
Right. Because right now people are willing to give you the finger, but eventually it's going to get a lot uglier and a lot more desperate. You right. cannot strip people of the right to, to speak, to have a say in what their children learn in school, right? right? To be informed of what's going on in family court systems, which is invasive to anyone's right. life. You can't, uh, you can't silence a whole population of people to have no opinion and then, and then expect them not to eventually rebel against that. Right. And, and, and what's even worse is that, um, you know, let's say for just the sake of argument that I can agree with the proposition that media and what what girls see like uh, sexualized images and yeah. video game characters actually do have an impact i don't think that the evidence that that i've been exposed to really bears that out but let's just say for sake of argument that that's what happens that media right. does impact them then i want people to question very seriously what it, it what it is like to have a generation a generation or more of young men being told that you are the problem, that the color of your skin yeah. makes you evil, and that you, you are bad. You, you are, are bad. bad. You are bad. Day and day and day and day, yeah. and then you 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 support them in this notion that there are sixty three genders. I'm sorry, but if you want to create a fucked up society, you're doing a damn good job because it is almost toxic. To be a man, even if it's not actually toxic to be a man. So when you want to figure out why you have all these young boys, because I've seen them. Right. I've seen yeah. them in the area that we're in, and we're far removed from a huge urban center. Right. Yeah. Right. But I've seen these young boys. Well, you know, I'm gender, I'm gender a binary oh, no. and whatever. They're, they're so confused, and they they don't have a solid. Uh, they're looking. For, Kids want direction, right? And, and we don't want to encode them with our own ideas about who they should be. They don't want to be hated. Be. They don't want to be hated. Right. And to be a man is to be hated. So they want to be anything other than a man. Right. Yep. So they're gravitating towards any other identity that makes it so that they yeah. are not the target Absolutely. of this vitriol. Well, kids are smart enough to know, like, oh, if I do it this way, then adults are, are nicer to me. Right. Like if I if I started a campaign that said being a woman is weakness and being a woman you're stupid and being a woman you're worthless and 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 this was something that was sustained and I could keep it going and again I preface this by saying that this is only under the assumption that these that these things have an impact. Yes. Um then you are creating this need to identify as something other yeah. than what maybe you would have been comfortable identifying as. And it's gotten so insane. I think it was Sargon of Akkad who did another video. Sargon's been on fire lately. You know, I know I haven't had. Yeah, more someone than... should put him out. I think it's right. cruel. I know. <laughs> Poor, he's a burn victim. He's going on on fire so bad right now. But he, he, I believe it was him who did the video about this four-year-old kid who is transitioning. Okay. Um. Look, I get it. All right. You want to be supportive of a person's identity, but yeah. let's be clear: there's a difference between a four-year-old's ability to understand who right. they are and what they are. And a 20-year-old's ability to understand who they are and what they are. Right. Now, who I am now today at 37 is much different than I wanted, than I was at 20, all right? But I think at 20, I kind of knew I'm a guy, I like girls, you know, I'm cis, hetero, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Um, but at four years old, I thought I was Indiana Jones. Yeah. I, I grabbed a skipping rope and tried to swing from the top stairs down into the, my freaking laundry room and the thing snapped. Like, yeah. you know, kids... And I was told I was going to die one day, but I didn't really register that I was that I was mortal. Right. You know, the and, world the way it was is the way it was always going to be. Right. Like this. Uh, now somebody can probably correct me on this, but I think that it's around the between the ages of five and seven that 
uh, the ability to form long-term memories really starts to cement itself into okay. a person's ability. And that kind of memories before that are hazy and whatnot. Please correct me if I'm wrong, anyone. But uh, if that's the case, then they're allowing this child to decide its entire future at an age where it won't even remember making the decision. Yeah. You know, it, it he, he, he. And it can do harm. Yeah, it can do real harm. So, okay, so uh, first of all, I'll, I'll address what you're saying about how kids feel. This is different than video games or, or media effects. When people, in, real people in their real life uh, say this type of stuff, and kids will pick up on it and they will adjust their course. So uh, now, I can't, sorry, I can't remember the exact experiment. But there's an experiment where they took a class. And if I remember correctly, it was eye color. And they said all the kids with blue eyes in this class, the first stage was they said anyone with blue eyes is smarter. They're better people. They're, uh, everyone loves them more. And they just said all these great things about them. And they said, other kids, you're, you're always going to be miserable. You're not as good. Sorry, you're not as smart. And we're not going to have much use for you as you grow up. Right. It sounds mean, right? Right. Uh, and then immediately they charted the effects immediately within the hour, you know, that the one group of kids was acting superior to the other and mistreating them. The other ones were withdrawing and feeling like they had no say in this, right? Right. They were accepting their place because these authority figures had said it. And then about, a, you know, a little ways into this, you know, I'm not sure how much time, but, you know, a little bit of time goes by, they put a stop to it and they go, actually, correction, we were wrong. I'm sorry. I just checked with so-and-so and other teachers. I had it backwards. It's the other kids who are going to be really smart, really strong. We, we really like these, these ones. Uh, the rest of you with blue eyes, you're useless here. And then immediately the same behavior started to reverse. In the right. Reverse it's, a, it's a variant of the Stanford prison experiment. Right. But with... with in a way. With the, this type of, of experiment, you can see that this is within human nature. If you go into a class and you keep saying, look, boys are violent. Boys start all the wars in history. Men are always terrible. What are what are boys going to think, right? It's no better than back in the day when they would say, well, women all have to wear dresses and be proper ladies. You can't be a whore, right? Right. <laughs> think about what impact you're having, right? If you're always building up one sex over the other or you're point, painting one as dangerous or the other is weak, this should be common sense. And then the other point you're making about... A four-year-old, like uh, Blair White, I think is her name. She's yeah, yeah. even lashed out about this more than once, that a small child is not equipped to make this decision for the rest of their life. Right. Right. And this is more about the parents and the way they feel. Right. And the child's responding to that. So, okay. So when um, the discussion really broke through for me years ago about people uh, having different sexual orientations, gay people, bisexual, straight people, this was, the impact was made through scientific research. Right. This is what science shows us now. Unbiased. Right. Boom, case was made. And I switched my opinion from what I was taught growing up. Uh, there is some evidence that people are starting to make uh, bring forward about the brain of people who are transitioned from male to female and whatnot. Mm. Okay, if you can show me there's stuff with the brain, that's something I can go, boom, science, understand it. Right. When it, it just becomes feelings and opinions and beliefs, I do not feel obligated to be swayed. And in fact, when you're talking about minors, you have to be protective. There needs to be some skepticism here. About if this kid's going, okay, this little boy saying, I want to be a girl. I feel like I've always been a girl. Have some skepticism. Have them go to a doctor who's special. You know, can we have a referral to a specialist with this sort of thing? Go to that doctor. The doctor can talk to them. Right. And, and I'm sure they'll tell the parents, listen, you want to keep an eye on this. I'll keep in touch with you as this goes along. But don't make any major steps in this direction that are serious until the child begins to age. And we see if it's a stage or a perception or something that's actually going on neurologically. Right. Would you mind telling me... Whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. 
Abby who? Abby normal. And, and, and I mean, there's there's been a number of cases that have been brought to the forefront in, in the same kind of way. There was another uh, 11 or 12-year-old in California who was either the adopted child or the biological child through in vitro of two lesbian and openly feminist parents. Okay. And then... I think I remember, now you're saying this, I'm thinking you're setting up a story I've probably heard about before. Yeah, and, and, and now that child wants to become a woman. <clears throat> Look, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. Uh, I don't know. I don't know them personally. I haven't lived their life. I haven't had their experience. Yeah. But I, uh, the fact that the parents are just overjoyed, overjoyed at helping them. Shows through. the child that they've said the right thing and they're doing the right thing that they, that their parents want. Right. Right. It's, 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 it's self-reinforcing. And, and, and I, I would, if that child eventually grew up to be 17, 18 years old and still felt this way. And the parents were like, you're going to have to wait till you're old enough to make this decision. Whether or not they're women, whether or not they're lesbians, whether or not they're feminists. I would respect that much more than I would this overzealous support for this 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 young boy who now identifies as a girl, dresses like a girl, and wants to be a girl. Because it makes me seriously question whether or not they were influenced yeah. by the ideological position of his parents. Now, don't get me wrong. The other uh, thing that we can take away here is that kids have the benefit now that if there is a, a little girl who takes on certain masculine traits... Or a little boy who takes on feminine traits. Now we're living in a time when most parents should know better than to give them shit for it all the time out of their own insecurities, right? Right. So there there have been some changes, but does it have to go from one extreme to the other? Right. Like, I mean, here's an example. Because I, I know that people have said that some of the things I've said here are kind of, mm, you know, <laughs> you're, yeah, a little, yeah, you're a little homophobic or whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm not. I know I'm not. But yeah. you can say that I am. I just have my opinions. My son uh, loves pink. Loves pink. Loves the color pink. Wears pink shirts. Got pink shorts. Whatever, man. He loves pink. That's his favorite so, color. So this is not the son who wears dead people's faces. No, no. That's the other one. <laughs> um but he likes he likes the color pink, and he likes having his hair up in uh, in, in in a braid every once in a while. Yeah, you know he's young. Yeah, he's young, eleven, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Pink shirts look good on guys sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, look at even in the goth movement, um, those guys wore makeup. I don't know if they're still around or not, but they wore makeup. Right. Uh, they would wear nail polish. Sure, it was all black and white. Uh, but you know, some of these guys who are like considered really manly rockers and stuff in the, in the industry of you know different types of metal bands, uh, they spend a lot of fucking time on their wardrobe, on their hair, right? You know, Which it are... doesn't just happen when they roll out of bed, right? But my, but my, but the son that I'm bringing up, he doesn't have effeminate behavior. He ha- he likes girls, right? As far as he's told me, and I mean, he's 11. A lot of little boys also like get their nails done by their mother yeah. at some point. Like, give me nail polish. Right. It doesn't need to be a red alert, but I. That's what I'm saying. The advantage is I think most parents now, in the West anyway, in Western society, yeah. know that. It's just like they don't freak out, right? We've, we've talked about it enough that we get this. But that's not good enough, right? right? Now we want every parent to bring out the big dictionary on gender identities. <laughs> All right. The, <laughs> From the, Webster's or whatever. The, the Webster's gender dictionary. <laughs> yeah, and have the child ten. memorize it. They you know, like Muslims memorize the Quran yeah. when they're young. And this is what we're going to memorize. Gender fluid. <laughs> it's living you know what it's in a way it's kind of li- living through your kid you know the guy who was never the football star right because right? he broke his ankle at some point or whatever yeah. and then he pushes his son constantly about football uh just let it go like just let the kid be okay and tell them they're loved make sure they feel like they're okay right but you also got to temper that with some realism too like yeah. one of the things one of the things i hate about uh sports leagues in the last 15 years is that look diminishing the level of competition was okay. That was fine. Yeah. All right. But look, giving everyone a trophy doesn't help anyone. No, it doesn't help. It doesn't help anyone. I 
Listen, when I was growing up, I was terrible at running, right? Uh, races. I always lost races. Even kids. You're a big guy. Them. I think you'd still be terrible at running. Uh, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I, now I would die <laughs> right. and fall over and that would not be good. So it's just something about like, a lot of people look at me when I was young. I had long legs. and be like, you must be a good runner. And no. No, it's very bad. Yeah. So I would lose races to kids like a year younger than me, which is embarrassing, right? So my solution was I would, I told people I don't do races. I remember I get Sunday school and stuff. They're like, we're going to do this race. I'd say no. Sometimes I'd even get in trouble, right? I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, I'll walk down, but you can't make me run. And the decision wasn't because I wanted to hide from <laughs> uh, from um, competition. I was just entire, I was tired of the, of the failure. So I said, you know, I'll do other stuff. Right. I'm willing to compete, but not in this. Right. Now, mind you, uh, I, looking back, it might have been a healthier decision to run more. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be a competitive thing. Right. Uh, so there are d- different decisions, different ways kids can handle these things. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, well, if your kid doesn't behave this way, then there's something wrong. See, everyone complains about how fucked up, fucked up this generation is. At least people in our age group are like, oh, freaking millennials. Yeah. And it was funny. I had one conversation with a millennial where they had this hashtag going. It was like, how to confuse a millennial. Yeah. And then uh, I, I, I tweeted out, uh, tell them that um, 1984 was a warning, not an instruction manual. Yeah. And then one person answers back, yeah, we know. And I'm like, oh, you speak for all of your generation? How would you get that on her? Yeah. You know, first off. And then somebody else tweeted in response to that tweet, like their tweet. Yeah. You know, they're just mad that their generation doesn't have any relevance anymore. First off, you're breaking your own tenant. That's a little ageist, don't you think? You know, and and secondly, no, we're not out of relevance. I think that the Brexit vote should show that people in our age range were amongst one of the heavier the uh, maybe our age was a bit split down the middle, but yeah. those in the 40s and 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 up were like, "No, we're done with this. We're out." You yeah. know, we're not irrelevant because we're winning elections. I, I have uh, an expression I've used for years. I say, uh, each generation betrays the next. Right. We all have our shortcomings. We all screw over the next generation in some way. It is not helpful to just piss on the next generation, that, like the generation that came before you. Sometimes we do get a little down on millennials, right? They they are fucked up. But but imagine their kids. But I mean, our generation, we were all into grunge and shit. And like, right. hey, we were pretty pussy. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't into that stuff. So Neither was I. But I mean, I, as a generation. I, yeah. You know, but I mean, I guess, I guess in in a way, we kind of gave rise to parts of this. But I mean, imagine a bunch of hypersensitive, panicky, yeah. phobic whiners that are all going to raise children. But this is what we have done. This is our generation to the next generation. Our mistakes. So, like you and I, our kids uh, are just coming into this. But some people like are considered our generation are a little older. Their kids are the ones we're seeing emerge into young adulthood now. Right. And this is this is what we're seeing is that our generation unlike you and I personally, are the ones who started going, everyone should get a ribbon. No one should be told that they're bad at something. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Single well, moms. Look at the early... <laughs> look at the, <laughs> it's all single moms' fault. Mother blaming. Well, and, and, and you know what? Listen, some of our listeners are probably going to be pissy about this too. Uh, I was real, I, One of my rude awakenings was how much the political left has done to attack families, especially in poor neighborhoods like they talk about in the States, the black community. Um... The Democrats are the ones who went in for the last 40, 50 years and said, if, if as a mother of these children in this poor neighborhood, you want welfare or social assistance, you got to get that man out of your house. They used to actually go to their house to do inspections to make sure that no man was living there. If they found evidence in your house that a man was living there, then whatever the man, that man was, they'd go after him to pay you and stop paying you. Mm. 
Yeah. And so this was not like an unthought of thing. This was a deliberate attack on getting men out of the house. Uh, and so now you have a, a, a couple generations uh, of families where men are not in the house, intergenerational despair and lack of the influence of men. Like, I'm sorry, having a man in the house for most most of us, if it's if it's possible and the person's not an asshole, is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Right. Like, I mean, in, 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 in my own home, in my relationship, I was a stay-at-home dad, which is not a, a, a typical role for right. a, a man to take. So, I mean, I always find it funny when, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, fucking male privilege, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? I've cooked meals. I've changed diapers. I've warmed up the bubba. <laughs> I've, put, I've put the soother in the mouth. I've done the spit wash. I've done the spit <laughs> Oh, here, let me get that for you. Ah, <laughs> thumb on the face. The kids love it, right? And, and Or the hair. Right, right. Oh, the, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I've done this role and I had no problem doing it. Yeah. Um, I would have been happy to do it for my daughter and no problem. Yeah. But, you know, since since you bring it up, I'm going to have to remember that as your kids get older, whenever you complain about your own kids, I would have to be like, well, I mean, if you hadn't been a stay-at-home dad... Right, 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 right. <laughs> you obviously screwed him up. Right, obviously. <laughs> it was it was clearly my fault, you know, <laughs> father-blaming. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't know. There's there's just there's too many topics to cover in one episode. Yeah. But it's like, uh, you know, there used to be a time when dads were portrayed as something competent. I, 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 saw, yeah. I saw another uh, post, uh, rare to have them, it was a post where some guy has invented a uh, some sort of a crib liner that keeps a child in a particular position so that it reduces the uh, the likelihood of SIDS. Oh, right. And yeah, I um, think you told me something about that. Yeah, and I and, and I and I retweeted it or I posted it on uh, Facebook, and I I said, oh yeah, you know, toxic masculinity at its <laughs> finest. Because seriously, yeah. you know, this is a man who is who is doing something to better. All children's lives, right? Men are not bad. No. And I will never... I mean, some men are bad, but some, some women are bad. Yeah. He, some people are bad. Hashtag not all, right? <laughs> not all, you know? But anyways. Well, I... Yeah, I I think where they sold me when I was growing up, I was more young, and I started turning more into a liberal over the years, was the whole Murphy Brown era when... What's his name? Uh, Bush Sr. had that vice president that spelled potatoes wrong or whatever. <laughs> He was named after a bird. Oh, okay. I can't remember. What was that guy's name? Uh, everyone, I, I can't believe a blanking on his name. Anyways, so Murphy Brown was a single mom in her show. I never watched the show, really, but there's this big fiasco about it. And they're like, you know, how do you say these terrible things about single moms? They're attacking women, single moms, right? And they, they sold me on this because I was not critical about this idea. And I wanted to protect mothers, obviously, and mm-hmm. single moms. I thought, why should they get attacked? But this is a fallacious argument. Uh, it's a very different circumstance when you encourage people you don't need fathers or you put negative pressure on having a man in a child's life, right? To try and push them out. You know, that's different. This is proactively anti-male. That's very different than protecting single mothers from being attacked for no good reason. Mm. Sometimes the man doesn't want to be there. Sometimes the man has died. You know, there's all kinds of circumstances where you're right. Sometimes he's an abusive prick. But let's be clear about this. Let's see how many people can piss off with this. If you're a single lady and you're like, you know what, I've got this, uh, you know, nothing else that's fulfilling me in life. I'm going to go get uh, fertilization done, have a baby. You're fucking selfish. (laughs) I I don't care what anyone says about it. Uh, This is not about you. It's about the child. Think about your circumstances. Uh, What's going to happen with your career? Who's going to take care of this child? What are your circumstances? Can Mm. you really do this? The reason that there's usually two parents involved is it's a fuck lot of work and responsibility. Mm -hmm. But when do you hear about that in the discussion? 
Right. Um, you you don't. Um, I'm I'm gonna do something rare though. I'm gonna disagree with you. Um, <laughs> How dare you? This show is ending uh, right now. We are done. <laughs> Off the air. No, no, I'm a, I'm going to disagree. Like, you know, just like a person's uh, sex life um, is is their business. Yeah. I think whether or not you want to... I'm not talking about, about me getting involved. I'm just saying to them. Right. This I is, would never deny... Your opinion. I, I'm it's, not talking about denying them access to doing this. Right, right. I don't think that you're saying denying them access. It's just I've, I've seen capable parents who, who do it on their own, and I've seen capable parents who can't do it without the help of another. Um, now... The debate over the evidence, um, you know, Janice Fiamego says that there's better outcomes. And, and again, the evidence, even in my own course, bared out that outcomes for children of two-parent families tends to be better. Better. It's, yeah. it's much better. Yeah. So the, I have nothing wrong with this with the statement that you're making on uh, on the on principle. Right. You know, there should be two parents, whether it's a, a man and a woman or a woman and a woman or two men, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. As long as there's two parents, it seems to make the, the, the workload easier. But, you know, I would never put any sort of um, claim of selfishness. On the individual. Well, look, I, let's put it this way. Okay, we're talking about uh, artificial insemination. Okay, well, what I'm getting at there is it's not in the discussion. There never, no doctor or nurse ever sits them down and goes, "Listen, are you fucking serious? Right? Like, w- where's your money going to come from? Oh, you're going to be at work. Oh, so do you are, really want your doctors giving financial advice though? Th- no, this is life advice. This is going to affect your child's development. Like, mm. this is this is about everything. Like a child, your life will never be the same again. Right. And uh, doctors and nurses. Someone should be responsible when you're going through the gateway of starting this process of giving you a reality check because no one does. Like, as far as I can tell, this is just like, oh, you want to have a baby? Great. Right. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, would, I would go so far as to say that I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not disagreeing necessarily. What I will say is I don't think that's the doctor or the nurse's role. Right? Who's, but whose role? I don't know. Like, I mean, when, when a person... And again, somebody can correct me, but when a person's going through transition, from what I've been led to understand by the the one friend I have who's transi- transitioned, yeah, uh, they had to go through some sort of counseling, right? right? And, and and that I, would be that would be great. Can you set up some counseling and give some, this person some very real information about how difficult this right. is going to be so for them? This is the statistics. These are the outcomes for children. Of single yeah, and at the end of the day, you can't stop people from doing stuff that's going to eventually fuck things up. It's going to happen to some degree, but we can at least try to appeal to them. Right. About how, so yeah. I know. guess I guess my only thing is, that that I'm disagreeing with is the statement of selfishness. That's what I disagree with. I don't necessarily. Some people you have don't a, think I can make a universal condemnation that way. No, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but but you know, <laughs> I guess it depends on your definition of self selfish. You know, I guess we could get into the whole definition where, like, I mean, do is the urge to have a child to want to love something, or is it because right. you have that? You know, oh, the biological clock is ticking, and I don't have anyone to fulfill that role, and right. I need, you know. It's like, and, and these days, a lot of people are not getting into long-term, meaningful, like lifelong relationships. And I think that's adding to the incentive because a baby's there and it's going to want you. Right. Right. It's very, I think it's very tempting to think that way. That's why we need to get into the business of setting up some kind of a cautionary thing that goes, let's get a reality check about the data here. These are the really real obstacles that you're going to have every day for the rest of your life. And it'll never be done. <laughs> Right. You, you as you are now, will cease, and this is who you will now be for the rest of your life. Right. I always, I always like looking at that happiness flow chart. Um, it was a, a, a marital or relationship happiness over time. 
Yeah. And uh, it's uh, very, it's like at its peak yeah. in the beginning, the yeah. honeymoon phase. And then it kind of dips down and then it levels out and then you get married and it kind of goes back up a little bit. And then you have kids and it fucking bottoms Ooh. out. Oh, it crashes. <laughs> and then like, um, as, as I understand it from the course I was in, like divorce rates spike. Yeah. When the kids go to school. Oh, because then it's just like they want their freedom back or whatever. No, no, no. When the kids first go to school, then you finally have like, so you have that five year time where your yeah. only focus is this kid who's in the house all the time. Yep. They're not in school. And then all of a sudden they go to school and you have a little bit of time. And then you look across the, the table and you see this person that you quote unquote haven't seen in five years. And you're like, wow, you're a little different now. Your body's yeah. different. Your attitude's different. Do I really like you anymore? Well, this is what I mean also, you know, maybe it's a crude term, but this is what I mean by selfishness. Uh, I, I don't agree with this slugging it out in marriage, no, no matter how empty or, or bad it is, right? I don't agree with that either. I think there's all kinds of negative <laughs> stuff about that. Uh, but why is it why is it okay to say that, but it's not okay to say, hey, you know what? Maybe you're not always going to be happy with your partner, and you should suck it up for a while and get over yourself rather than just feeling sorry for yourself and being self-centered. Well, you know, I, it, there's, there's got to be a balance there somewhere. Right, right. If I, if I, um, you know, just for fun, just for <laughs> fun, I, I sometimes wonder if maybe part of the problem is um, the ability of the different sexes to take in information differently. So maybe women are impacted by images and maybe they are impacted by messages on a deeper level than, than men are. Maybe yeah. men just fluff it off. And so when you get all these TV shows and sitcoms and comedies with, you know, everybody loves Raymond, King of Queens, where these guys are all these blumbling idiots and complete fuck ups and their wives are absolutely brilliant and beautiful. And then, you know, maybe your wife looks over at you and goes, yeah, he's kind of a tool. He's kind of a tool sometimes, yeah. you know, and, and, and then, you know, the guys just ignore it because you're like, I know I'm not a tool. I'm not like that. Yeah. You know, but, uh, or they're just unaware of the fact that they are. But yeah, that's probably more <laughs> the case. But, uh, you know, like I, I, I know a lot of capable men in my life yeah. and I'd be surprised if not every single one of them hasn't faced this where they've been in a situation where a woman looks at him and goes, well, you're just a man. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? I have. Yeah. Well, something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're just a man. You know, um, I, I use the joke. I uh, break down and cry and my life is shattered as soon as I hear that. Right. Yeah. Me too. I run to the police and I file a complaint immediately. <laughs> right. I get really caught up in doing things when I'm at home, like, you know, little projects here and there, and I'll misplay something. And uh, I, I got to give credit where it's due. My wife has got the eyes of a hawk. She can find anything I misplace. So I've just taken to calling what I have male pattern blindness. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's it, it, that kind of humor is fine with me. And, and as long as I take these shows in the context that they're just trying to be funny about certain things, then yeah. that's fine. But once it starts to become a narrative that is believed wholeheartedly, and yeah. then and then you add on top of that this growing trend of absolute man-hating. Like, I mean, it's gotten to the point where even older generations than us are starting to see it, right? Um, wasn't it your mother who said that she went to the grand opening of yeah. a local... Uh, we we got to say this. Just today. Just today, there was a grand opening of uh, a new uh, woman's shelter. Yeah. In our area. And um, Dragonbeard's mother approached uh, the director of operations at this place and asked if there's ever going to be a place where men can take their children. If they're being attacked or yeah. abused or, right. or whatever. And this woman, uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you tell it because the story comes from your family, but go ahead. Well, uh, she just said to my, my mother straight out, no hesitation, 
oh, well, our research uh, shows that that doesn't really happen. Right. So in spite of the fact that the, the general social survey, the last one that was done anyway, showed that rates of, uh, of abuse in relationships are... Fairly evenly split. Fairly. I think it was it's 6. It's usually point, mutual, in fact. Um, mutu- yeah, it's mutual uh, abuse. But um, I think it was 6.4 and 6.7% uh, more in favor. So 6.7% of men, or 6.4% of men are abused, 6.7% uh, yeah. of women are abused. So it is slightly more women. But this is, of course, on a over-the-phone survey, so... Yeah, well, there's, there's different sources, but right. as the sources continue to accumulate and the research continues to grow, because one of the difficulties is if you say, I want to get money to research how men mistreat women, uh, domestic violence against women, right? Oh, well, well here's a grant, here's a grant. Yeah, this this company will sponsor you. Uh, we'll publish you, uh, right? As soon as you're like, oh, well, let's do some research uh, talking about how women abuse men in a relationship. Chirp, chirp crickets you know yeah the little dust bunny flying by yeah or, uh, it's very and they gotta struggle right that just some things are considered a sure sell or very hot right it, it's, it's the same thing like, like research that. for research or funding for child programs totally get it and then when you try and do it for adults or men again nothing yeah you know or fewer or the 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 again sargon's video uh why people hate feminism number 10 man you know he's a funny guy and the way he approaches topics is funny but this was a video that made me mad this was a video that made me mad and sad yeah because i've known three people in my life who've died of prostate cancer oh they, they don't matter because no they don't they don't matter because it's just prostate cancer it's a first world problem right it's a first world you gotta be privileged to die of that right you know oh my god uh, I, I can I can tell you this. Um, I've uh, talked about it before, but I just I have to set up this story. If you've never had a family member die of cancer, and I'm sure most of you have, because cancer is pretty common, you yeah. know, um, it is probably one of the most horrifying things to witness. And I, my sister, 14 years ago, passed away of cancer. Um, I was in the room. I was laying beside her, actually, in the bed that was in our living room, and I watched her die. And that was one of the most terrible moments in my life. And for anyone to come into a room and say, well, you know, some people would take your risk of cancer over being raped. Yeah. I, I, I can guarantee you my sister wanted to live. My sister desperately wanted to live. She wanted to believe all of the, the magic mumbo jumbo that she was being sold. That if you drink this juice, if you eat this pill, if you eat this meat, if, yeah. you, if, you, if you drink this wheatgrass, yeah. I'm going to live. If, if, if you had went to my sister at her lowest point and said... If you let this guy rape you, you'll live. She would have done it. And I'm not I'm not saying that to be provocative. Right. I'm not saying that to be shocking. Like desperation. Right. So to turn that, so like to, to bring it back to what we're really talking about, because it's not about me, right? To bring right. this back to men saying, you have a first world problem. Your chance of dying of this cancer is is first world problem compared to this woman's chance of being raped. Yeah. You know, fuck off. How... Fuck you. Inhuman. Yeah. It, it, there, there's no insight and then and, and, and no empathy. And then when I'm watching this video by Sargon and, and, and the way he masterfully strings together this, this series of arguments. And call me a fucking fanboy. I don't care. His logic in that video is sound. And then to read that one article that he highlighted where, there's, where that person was saying, like, you know, we want half the funding and male privilege and all this crap. And I just, man, I just want to fucking scream. I want to see if uh, at some point, this is one of the things that's been on my mind, uh, I still want to try and see if I can organize some people that we've had on the show, maybe some people that they can help bring on to that are people that are known, just people that talk and shit, right? Right. Uh, to sign up for just not an angry petition, but just a petition aimed generally at the major conferences, uh, American Atheists. Uh, Skepticon uh, in Canada, we have um, Imagine No Religion. There's 
different parts of the world have been, like really big ones, but even, you know, the smaller ones as well. Right. To see if we can urge them that every year at their annual conference to have one, uh, at least one debate. Right. That's set up. That's like stage front. Right. And take an issue. Not an easy issue. Like, I mean, sometimes it'll be about religion, uh, religious people versus non. Uh, that's fine. But at least sometimes it should be about issues that are actually active in the community so that right. you can have good speakers on both sides of the debate and the audience can sit back and stop being involved in the argument and consider both sides. Right. I, I would take a slightly different route. I agree with you that that still has to be a thing. But I would like to see support for, because one of the arguments was, oh, you're an MRA, like, I'll go back to Sargon's video as an example, oh, you're an MRA, why don't you fund it? Well, fine. I'm not an MRA, all right? Yeah. But I do care about men's issues. So, fine. You know, if our supporters were down for it, and they were supportive of the idea, I would say give 10% of what we get in Patreon donations, if we ever get anything. So, maybe it's 10 bucks. Yeah. Who knows? If we're ever right. rolling past the two cent mark, right? Um, <laughs> I would I would donate my my money to a charity or a, a organization that supports supports men, yeah, and boys uh, and I, children. I know uh, Tom and Cecil do a lot of that over at um, uh, no no I'm going to forget the name right. of their show because I'm blanking on everything tonight. Yeah, uh, cognitive dissonance, right? Or or donate uh, to a, 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 a cancer research for for prostate cancer. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know, I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. Remember, you're or your, no, actually, I'm willing to put your money where my mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. We're putting someone on. something where someone's mouth is. Right. Yeah. We're putting something in someone's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Remember years ago uh, when, uh, Rape! Tom, when Tom Green was still famous, he yeah. uh, he had those boxes out. Uh, yeah, yeah, give yeah. a nickel, save a nut. <laughs> it was for <laughs> testicular cancer. I thought that was great. Did it now keep going? Uh, I don't see them anymore. No, okay. But it was popular for a while. So you, you get Justin Timberlake out there with a dick in a box, and yeah, you know, <laughs> he's a dick in a, in a box. box. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, like I, I would like to see that kind of support come out of it because there's 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 a lot of potency and there's a lot of there's a lot of purpose behind talking about these issues. I think they're important to talk about. Yeah. But at some point, you need to go beyond the conversation. Yeah. And and we don't have like I, I'll just admit it. If we had the means. I'd already be on be beyond the conversation. The the type of work that I do, uh, which I won't be specific about, um, you'd be surprised how many men I see um, who get no support. Well, living in cars, man, living in cars. Well, a couple of years ago, when this rift started in the in the community, the reason the reason I brought up the specifically the debate issue is it's connected to these topics we talk about. Uh, at least I think it should be debate these things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so when I was talking to Tom and Cecil, since I mentioned them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were on the show. I asked them about, you know, you guys have gone to a lot of these conferences. I have not. Mm-hmm. So are there debates there? And they were like, I don't think I've ever seen one. And they've been to a lot of these conferences. Uh, and they also voiced the fact that they would like to see, you know, for instance, Rebecca Watson Thunderfoot, you know, or someone like that on stage debating. She would never go on stage with him. But <laughs> right, right. just an, an example, though, even though the debate might end up with the one side screaming misogyny, misogyny and running around and throwing blood on things. But, but hopefully it wouldn't, and we could hear the debate, because you know what? This is grown-up activity, and these conferences have been struggling to get attendance and donations, and these organizations are struggling for money. But this is not just this. This, this is the detriment of social justice. Look at Mizzou University. Right. Their attendance is bottoming out, and their donations from like past alumni are... Yeah. Right? And this is happening all over the place. And by the way, props to University of Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Fuck those No fucking, safe spaces. Yeah, no safe spaces. Fuck your safe space. Life doesn't come with a freaking bubble, man. Yeah. You know? 
Unless that was unless awesome. you're unless you're in a bubble. Unless you're well, yeah. Okay. There's bubble the boy. Bubble, had a bubble boy. Right. Seinfeld. <laughs> I feel so bad about that. I take it back. No, I don't. <laughs> Anywho, we, we should wrap it up. But uh, essentially, yeah, we just wanted to sit down and hang out again. Yeah. Uh, we've both been really kind of uh, sideswiped by other stuff. Yep. And since we're starting into year four, this this is like our first episode into year four, really. Yeah, we're gonna try, and uh, if the show takes off this year, which uh, we we have a lot of support in the background uh, for for our efforts, so we're confident that uh, the show will start to have more regular content and um, content, content, as they say, uh, on content. Are you an atheist? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're hoping to get out uh, episodes on a more regular basis. Yeah. Uh, the uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna bring you the best that we have and the worst that we have and we're gonna burn for it. <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping to upset many of you, and if we don't upset you, hopefully you will go upset forward us. and upset the people around you, yeah, or, or upset Dragon Beard. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I really like a lot of the connections we have. When you guys leave comments, uh, uh, when you connect, you, talk, you know, talk to us on on Twitter, Facebook. I love that stuff. So you know, be as disrespectful as you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, coming up, um, well, first of all, we're doing, check us out on YouTube. I'm going to put connections about that on the on the yeah. site, make it a little easier to find. But we we each got our own channel. Plus, we've got the common channel, right? And uh, I know I've been talking to Ed Clint. We're trying to arrange to get him on here soon. Yeah, he's, and uh, he's really a fascinating guy. I like yeah. him. Most of my content's probably going to be a little lighter, um, and just because I like games, there's going to be games on there too. I play Seven Days to Die. Uh, shout out to the fun pimps. Awesome game, guys. Awesome game. Uh, sorry that you probably don't want me to shout out to you because we're horrible people. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> and sometime next month, we're going to be on Anton Hill's show. That's what we're working on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anton Hill. Anton's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should have him back on the show. It's been a long time and he's done a lot of different stuff. Has it been that long? Yeah. Well, since he's been an actual guest as opposed to a, a special co host or part of a group. Oh, okay. So it, like just him, he was episode like four or five. Right. And, and I just want to say, as a, as a closing statement for myself, one of the honey badgers is going to come on the show when I'm available. Yeah. All right. I'm, you can't, I talked to four of them, and, and uh, you haven't been here for yeah, any of those. You can't dodge me forever. All right. I want I want some honey badger. All right. <laughs> so I'm good. All righty. Thanks. We'll catch you guys next time. I'm the boss. You hear me? So cut the shit. Otherwise, I will turn this RV around immediately, and we will drive straight home. No drugs for anyone. <laughs>